Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette, joined on this Monday for this Voice of Business by Tim Murray, CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. Good to be here, Dave, and want to thank our sponsors who make this happen, the Voice of Business, Fidelity Bank, and Worcester Regional Airport. Appreciate their support of uh, the Voice of Business and uh, the Telegram Gazette for helping make this segment happen as well. Uh, we uh, we talked um, last week about some of the events that the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce has uh, upcoming, and one of those events uh, was the Breakfast Club, uh, which is now right around the corner. Yeah, Breakfast Club is coming up, and on September 3rd at 9 a.m., and you know, we talk about uh, Make It in Massachusetts, which for a long time was a great bumper sticker and a promotional program that the state ran back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, it's as relevant then as it is today. Making things in Massachusetts is important. The average median wage in manufacturing is higher than all other sectors. Uh, the, the the barrier to entry uh, from an educational you know point of view is is a lot less so that if you're someone who's motivated and uh, want to get to work you can get into manufacturing many uh, the traditional manufacturing which still exists here in the Commonwealth uh, and find your way to a good middle class job uh, so manufacturing still is very important not as big and strong as it once was but still extremely important to the Massachusetts economy and here in Central Massachusetts one of the fourth biggest em- employer by sector. And uh, in Lemonster, Bruce Platzman is the president and CEO of AIS, and they employ well over 600 people. And uh, uh, personal protective equipment th- they're making now, but they focus primarily on office furniture and work in that space and providing manufacturing and customized solutions for, for companies and, and businesses and organizations and institutions across the, the, the country. And over 600 employees uh, in, in Lemonster, and Bruce Platzman is going to be our keynote. We're really excited about that because during this crisis, they switched to personal protective equipment. Uh, and uh, it, I think it's a story of, of a company that values its employees, understands manufacturing, and can compete in a global manufacturing economy out of here in Massachusetts. And and I know we go over this every week, but if somebody wants to listen to Bruce um, and, and um, participate in the Breakfast Club, how do they do it? So uh, they could go onto the Worcester Chamber website, worcesterchamber.org. They can email us at info at worcesterchamber.org, and uh, we'll get you, you registered. But a great opportunity for, for Bruce uh, to hear Bruce. We do a salute. We recognize community leaders here in Worcester. And... Um, uh, we'll have you do- have you done in an hour. And these or, virtual or- events, um, you know, have been um, very popular. I mean, j- obviously the in-person events, which we've all attended, have been very popular. Uh, but the virtual events have been uh, have been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I mean, really. they have, and we've added more events in response to help our members in the business community in, in response to the COVID nineteen you know health and economic crisis. So we're doing a lot more of these events, and people yeah, and are going it, to them. I think it's the it's the uh, you know, um, it's the speakers, it's the lineup, it's it's 
the ability to to listen to to people and and hear their stories. So I mean yeah, that yeah. that resonates whether you're in person or virtual. Yeah, and and many of them, you know, we can facilitate Q and A and conversations as well. The Breakfast Club traditionally is not one we can do that, but there's always the ability to follow up afterwards. And the other event that we've got coming up uh, just over a month away is October first at 10 a.m. It's our construction and real estate roundtable, and uh, Tim McGurthy is the new chief financial officer for the city. Worcester. His name might be familiar to some of our listeners in that he was the former chief development officer for the city and then uh, was the head of the Worcester Regional Research Bureau. So Tim has had some very important roles in the community and now he's the CFO for the city after a several year stint with the Baker Polito administration as the Assistant Secretary of Housing and Economic Development. Well, Tim is is the new CFO, but we also have a new assessor for the city and there's been a lot of, I think, um, you know, I would say controversy, but a lot of um, uh, gnashing of teeth and some headbutting over the years about you know, between the business community and, and, the, and the assessor's office about you know how do you appropriately value businesses? Uh, is you know there's different ways that that can be done. Uh, a number of cases, and some might say a record number of cases. Uh, that were uh, appealed to the appellate tax board at the state level disputing how the city assessed uh, uh, this commercial industrial property in in many cases feeling that they were over assessed well the city uh, uh, the, the previous assessor left to take a job in connecticut and the city manager uh, and his team recently hired a gentleman who's been in the assessor space for for a number of years, uh, uh, Samuel Koneski, and uh, Koneski, and he's going to be joining us as well. So on October 1st, we're going to have the CFO and the city assessor to talk with our members about the you know protocols that they're going to be utilized going forward to help educate our members on that that process and protocol, help them understand the methods, uh, and there's a whole methodology of how cities and towns can go about assessing that, uh, you know, provide different approaches. So we think that's going to be really helpful in maybe clearing the air to some extent, but also, and just as importantly, going forward, having property owners, particularly on the business side, understand the approach that this new financial team with the city is going to be taking. Yeah, just uh, obviously a, a, a lot to learn and uh, two great events, which brings me t- sort of to our segue. Um, I know you attended um, an event this week uh, where Bowdoin Construction um, you know, with their new office uh, at the Worcester uh, Business Center on Millbrook Street, uh, you were there. Tell tell me a little bit about that um, that opening. Yeah, well, to use the baseball parallel or softball softball parallel, uh, you know, hitting singles isn't a bad thing. You can, you know, not everyone needs to hit the home run or the grand slam. If you're consistently hitting singles, you're moving runners along, and that's uh, the example of Bowden is a great example of. We've seen probably a couple dozen companies based in the greater Boston area, in particular Bowdoin is in Needham Heights. They've done projects in Worcester and central Massachusetts for 40 years, uh, and they do all different types of construction for primarily, uh, you know, business, uh, you know, but institutional, you know, higher ed, colleges and universities, hospitals. Uh, so they do, co- you know, complicated build-out in the construction space. 
they have opened up a Worcester office. They're going to have three to five employees. We did a ribbon cutting at the Worcester Business Center. For some of our listeners, they might remember that building is the old Tom McCann, which has been converted into office space and is uh, significantly full. So uh, they, you know, opened up a Worcester office, going to expand their presence. Uh, Tom Doobie is going to be one of the point people for them at that location. A great story. Uh, a gentleman came from J. J. May, J. Maine to go to WPI. Uh, stayed in Massachusetts, stayed in central Massachusetts. Uh, after that, a uh, good example of recruit, retain, incubate. And he has been in the construction industry and uh, is going to be leading the, the, the team here in central Mass. So that is, a, is a, I think, a good example of how more and more companies are looking for central Mass, a, a base of operations that can provide their employees convenient space. They don't have to worry about traveling into Boston if they may work in the Metro West or Central Mass and, and, and Bowdoin Construction. Uh, we, we did the ribbon cutting and it was good good day. Yeah. And uh, you talk about singles and uh, not to be kind of left behind, but uh, reading our headlines this week, the Skymark Tower uh, announced it's getting a $6 million facelift. And if people don't know the Skymark Tower, we talk a lot about the glass building uh, downtown, but that's the the one at the uh, the corner of Main and Austin Streets. It's been there for quite some time, and um, you know, again, just another downtown um, you know building getting uh, a multi million dollar facelift. That's right, Benedict Canyon Equities uh, with the WPI connection. WPI grad who was a Chelsea Mass native came to WPI. Got his degree in engineering, uh, went out to California, then ended up getting into the real estate business. Bob Hart is a WPI trustee and is the owner of True America and Benedict Canyon Equities. Large, uh, uh, well-regarded property companies in the housing space. So they own multi-units, tens of thousands of units across the country. Bob Hart acquired what some people might know as the Soffin Building. James Soffin built that in the late 80s, early 90s. The timing didn't work out great, um, you know, because we hit a major recession in the 90s. But that 24 office, 20, excuse me, 24 story residential building, uh, Benedict Canyon Equities acquired along with some property along, uh, uh, Austin, Maine, and Chandler, Madison, and uh, they are putting millions of dollars. I think that $6 million is just a, one phase of, of the money that they're putting back into the building over the course of the next year. New exterior, new common areas, redoing apartments. They've got to replace the elevator. Um, so they've acquired the building. Uh, having a company with that reputation and experience investing into the city is a very positive thing, and it's got others inquiring of Bob Hart and True America and Benedict Cannon. Kenyan equities are here. Maybe we should be here. So that's a that's a real good sign, and uh, that money going into the building and will be a, a plus as well. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about another f- kind of feel good historical story, and that's um, you know uh, reading again uh, in the uh, in the pages of the TNG and on Telegram.com the uh, you know the the investment the the five hundred thousand dollar loan from from UMass Memorial Healthcare to uh, that. That is going to help uh, revive the old icon- Ionic uh, Ave Boys Club uh, into, I think, what's uh, going to be uh, a creative hub uh, for uh, Worcester Arts, uh, and just kind of an exciting thing that I think is a long time coming. Yeah, well, there are two kind of initially initiatives, two initiatives that started, and here they have been able to partner. Uh, UMass Memorial Healthcare System announced a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, their Anchor Institution Initiative. That uh, the UMass
UMass Memorial Board voted to put an allocation of several million dollars, I believe it was, to make investments in the community that they think are going to be not only positive from an economic point of view, but from a health perspective. And using the horsepower of a major, you know, UMass Memorial Healthcare System is the biggest employer in Worcester County and one of the bigger ones in the state, for that matter, in the healthcare space. So they have got the strategy to try to find partnerships where they can use their resources, both financial and otherwise, to help move forward worthy projects. At the same time, the Ionic Ave Boys Club had been vacant for a number of years when the new facility was built down in Maine South in the Gardner Kilby Hammond project uh, with the initiative. Um, and so two, two women who have been real leaders in the Worcester Arts community, uh, Laura Murata and Stacy Lord, had this vision to create it, turn it into a creative hub. Artist space, community space, programming for kids so that kids of all backgrounds, income levels would have access to programs in the arts, which we know help them academically in their academic side. When kids have that creative aspect nurtured and encouraged, it helps them academically, it motivates them, it helps them become more well-rounded. And so they, and also there would be space to rent there. They're going to talk about like a rooftop area where you, people could have receptions that would overlook the canal district and the ballpark. It's a great location. And so they put together this vision, have been able to secure a fair amount of funding, but not not all the funding for the project. And UMass Memorial, Eric Dixon and his team saw this, said, how can we help make this not become just a dream, but a reality? And they've stepped to, to, to the plate and uh, are partnering with, with the Creative Hub leadership and team and are going to help move this forward, which is, again, a real benefit for the neighborhood. Uh, it's benefit for the city in that uh, it, it'll attract and provide services for the arts, art, artists community, but our young people as well. Um, and speaking of uh, the Canal District, um, just a plug to, to Mark Conti, our business editor who puts together uh, Worcester uh, business by the numbers every Sunday. And if you don't, if you don't have a chance to read it either on Telegram.com or in the Sunday Telegram, it is really kind of a, a Worcester by the numbers. And uh, just wanted to. To point out a couple of things, one is uh, Fairway Beef celebrating its 75th anniversary in business. And uh, if you hadn't, if you haven't shopped at Fairway Beef, uh, I, I know Tim, you're probably a regular. It's a, uh, a Worcester institution and uh, uh, family. I think third now, fourth, third, second or third generation business. And yeah, the, the two brothers, 175 and 180, still working there. Yeah, and uh, the the one thing, uh, the one. Point. Uh, the first item on on Mark Conti's list was uh, that for uh, for the first time in a few months, uh, uh, the medium value of single family homes in Worcester County and Worcester have they're on the rise. Um, July. 2020 year over year from D July 2019 in Worcester County up uh, up 10.7 percent. So. Um, after what was uh, obviously a lull in the real estate market, things seem to have uh, rebounded. Yeah, and, and just you know, hope that can continue to hold. And uh, you know, we did see a, a little dip. I mean, we, you know, one of the leaders in the country in unemployment in Massachusetts, but we did see uh, that go down from I think 17 or to 16 or you know uh, points. Uh, so. You know, hopefully things have stabilized. Uh, again, I think people will feel better when there's a national kind of plan as it relates to the COVID-19 crisis. And um, 
Um, we can see numbers across the country similar to what's happening in Massachusetts and New England on, on the downswing. Um, but, uh, you know, any progress is good progress at this point, and certainly the housing prices are a part of that. All right. That is Tim Murray, CEO and President of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. I am Dave Nordman, Executive Editor of the Telegram and Gazette. Uh, thanks, as always, for joining us on this Monday Voice of Business, Tim. Good stuff. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.